Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi, welcome back to Euronet Plus Panorama. I'm your host, Joe Navel. Pride Month 2023 has seen an improvement in the rights of some of the EU's LGBTQI plus citizens since last year, but prejudice and hostilities persist. Pride Month is celebrated globally in June to mark the anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, several days of protests that began in New York on the 28th of June 1969 and upped the momentum on America's gay liberation movement. This week, we're taking a moment to reflect on progress in the EU. And what better place to start than in Estonia, where an amendment to legalise same-sex marriage was just adopted on Tuesday, the 20th of June. 55 members of the 101-seat Estonian Parliament voted in favour of the bill to amend the Family Law Act, which gives same-sex couples the legal right to marry as of the 1st of January next year. After Slovenia, Estonia is only the second Eastern European country to legalise same-sex marriage, says Kuku Radio, who asked Estonian LGBT Association board member Kristal Ranaura what this decision means in practice. Ma arvan, et kõik ei ole päris kohale veel jõudnud, et ääretult, ääretult suur tänutunne, ääretult suur... I don't think it's sunk in just yet. There is immense joy and a great sense of gratitude. As a society, we are sending out a signal that these families, who have always been there, are now valued and protected in the eyes of the state, and they have a legal framework created for them by the state. It certainly gives the LGBT community a sense of security. If we look, for example, at countries where marital equality has already been adopted, we see that mental health indicators among LGBT youth are significantly better. I think we're seeing that here too. Meanwhile, in neighbouring Lithuania, Ginu Radias reports that they are just one round of voting away from a similar text being approved, a text that will formally allow same-sex couples to enter civil partnerships, albeit not marriage, although the Liberal Party, which backs the change, forms part of the ruling coalition. The biggest ruling party is Conservative, and many of its members are staunchly opposed. While the text is not expected to receive the green light from legislators until at least the autumn, the Speaker of the Lithuanian Parliament, Victoria Chimilita Nielsen, a Liberal, firmly believes that Lithuania will get there, if a little late. Mes tikrai būsime sąrašę šalių, kurios irgi sureglamentuos. Sooner or later, we will definitely be on the list of countries that will legislate for same-sex relationships. I truly believe this. I think it is inevitable. Yes. Although looking at our neighbours, both Estonians, who took a historic decision yesterday, and the Latvians, who have elected an openly LGBT president, well, obviously we're a little late. Yet this month's Pride marches have caused tensions in some of Europe's more conservative countries, such as Bulgaria and Poland. Bulgarian National Radio, for example, reports that a march in defence of family values took place last Saturday, not coincidentally on the same day as Sofia Pride. Members of the LGBT plus community in Bulgaria still face more significant challenges than they would in many other EU member states as long-term same-sex partners Daria Koilova and Lilia Babulkova confirm. Daria and Lilia have been together for 14 years, having met in secondary school. They got married in the UK, 
but Bulgaria does not recognise this marriage. They agreed to put their faces on a billboard for Sophia Pride 2023, some of which have been vandalised by far-right demonstrators. BNR asks the women if they are ever afraid. I have a rule. When we are going to hold hands, when we are just physically close to each other, I have a rule. I always look around where we are first to check who's there. If we're in, say, some of the outer boroughs at night, that's a definite no. I don't take that risk. Fear is too strong a word. I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I always have it in mind. Fortunately, we have not suffered physical aggression, but we have experienced shouting, threats. Our billboard has not been vandalized, but when I see the images of other gay people, including people we know, torn up and vandalized, children's faces scribbled on, ripped up, I feel that in the eyes of these vandals, I am them, they are me, and it doesn't matter which of us it will be. They also point out that the lack of tolerance shown in Bulgaria towards same-sex couples makes life unnecessarily complicated for these couples' children. We personally don't have children yet, but the fact is that many same-sex couples in Bulgaria are raising children. There are several couples around us. As things stand, there is only one parent, be this a man or a woman, because there are also male couples in Bulgaria raising children. The other parent is not documented anywhere in the child's life. One aspect of this is that parent's lack of rights over the child. But I think it is also important to bear in mind the child's lack of right to a legal relationship with the second parent. We had a case like that. One parent died and he was the biological or documented parent. In such a case, the child loses both parents because the other parent has no legal rights and the decision is left completely up to the arbitrary or benevolent discretion of the family of the documented parent who acquire the right to raise that child. Moving west, although Italy legalised same-sex civil unions in 2016, the law stopped short of granting these couples adoption rights. Strictly speaking, it's also illegal for the country's mayors to register foreign-issued birth certificates that name two same-sex parents. Yet a number of more progressive mayors have agreed over the years to register the births of children born abroad under two mothers' or two fathers' names, but this practice was formally outlawed in March. In Milan, Beppe Sala, one of those more progressive mayors, has been actively lobbying the EU for support. At the end of March, the European Parliament's Renew Europe group presented a motion for a resolution condemning the Meloni government over this matter. The motion was supported by three other groups, S&D, Greens EFA and the left. But this week it came to light that the public prosecutor in Padua had recently taken steps to change the birth certificates of 33 children registered to lesbian couples as far back as 2017 to remove the name of the non-biological mother. While it's theoretically possible, in a limited number of Italian jurisdictions, for someone to adopt the biological child of his or her same-sex partner through a very narrow, expensive and long-winded legal process, Irina Sharapava, a representative of the Rainbow Family Association in the Veneto, expresses her outrage that this should be necessary in cases where both parents have been in the picture since birth. 
She is talking to Radio 24. We, both as an association and as parents, believe that adoption is not appropriate for a child who is already yours, who is the fruit of your parenting plan. A child who has been your son or daughter from birth, from the moment he or she was in the womb. On Tuesday, Renew Europe spoke out against the actions of the Padua public prosecutor, calling them monstrous. In Germany, a country known for a certain amount of tolerance, AMS interviews Marcel Hackbart, professor of psychology at the University of Applied Sciences in Hanover. He points out that although the LGBT community may be worse off in some other European countries, their legal position in Germany still leaves a lot to be desired. In Germany, there has been some legal progress over recent years for queer people. Same-sex marriage has existed since 2017, and the law for the protection of children with variants of gender development, in other words, for intergender children, has existed since 2021. And, hopefully, the so-called Transsexual Act will be abolished. Nevertheless, there are many social challenges in Germany. Many queer people experience discrimination, including in the health and social care sectors. According to the Criminal Police Reporting Service, hate crime has been increasing for years, including against queer people, especially since 2015. The Leipzig Authoritarianism Study of 2020 showed, among other things, that 9.2% of Germans consider homosexuality to be a disease that can be cured. Hate and hate speech online, which people experience every day, are also problematic. According to Emeric Miguez, coordinator of NOZIG, the LGBTQI plus centre in Nantes, France, that organises the city's annual Pride March, this is precisely why these events are so important. They help to raise awareness and therefore reduce fear of the LGBT community among the general public. He's talking to our colleagues at Radio. In May this year, we experienced an explosion in LGBTI-phobic, particularly transphobic violence. Where does this violence and discrimination come from? Well, it stems from people's ignorance. It stems from a lack of knowledge. And when ignorance prevails, and you're not interested in meeting the people who are most affected, then this leads to discrimination, violence, and so on. Miguez is speaking from experience, as the Nozig Center itself was the target of vandalism and hate speech last month. And Pride is not the only big global party June is known for. The 21st of June is World Music Day, or Fête de la Musique, which launched in Paris 41 years ago and quickly spread, first around Europe and then around the world. Over 700 cities in more than 150 countries now take part, with related events spanning several days, even weeks. Musicians, both amateur and professional, are encouraged to perform in streets, parks, museums, hospitals and other public spaces, where they offer passers-by impromptu concerts, as event organiser Dusan Mijanovic tells RTV Slovenia. The basic idea is to spread the word, to play and perform music. Performers are not paid, but they can put down a hat for donations from the audience. Music Day takes place all over the world, including in 14 Slovenian cities. So let's take a sneak peek at a few of the musical festivities taking place around Europe right now. 
In Belgium's French-speaking region, the Fête de la Musique kicked off this Thursday and will run until Sunday. Our RTBF colleagues met a choir that had just given a concert. One choir member explains why this festival is such a good idea and how music is good for the soul. It's important, yes. It allows people who aren't that close to music to discover it too. Even if it's only through songs like the ones we sing, which are often pretty well known after all. Singing, music, harmony. These are very important things that often help people to regain a sense of balance. Meanwhile, the Carbon Silesia Festival takes place on the 23rd and 24th of June in a former coal mine in Zabrze, southern Poland. Event organizer Igor Fleischer explains the original choice of venue to Polski Radio. This venue is a perfect fit for electronic music. It's the revitalized space of the Queen Louisa coal mine, which was put into use three years ago. It looks perfect. A great boutique, intimate festival for people who know what electronic music is and, above all, like to have fun. And in Romania, as part of Bucharest's opera festival, Fans of a very different style of music have been offered a pan-European twist on The Merry Widow by the Iashi Opera House. Manager Andrei Fermeshanu explains what is so different about this version of the operetta by Austro-Hungarian composer Franz Lehár. We are the only opera house to have a show performed in more than one language, four in fact. It is sung in Romanian, English, French and German. In this version, director Andrei Serban has come up with this global concept because the message of love is universal, no matter where we are in the world. Thanks for listening. Join us again next week for more insight into the news in the EU.